Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret and visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeardelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the Internet's only sex toy approved podcast maybe hopefully potentially i don't know we're out there we 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 always want sponsors we'll let anybody sponsor us we don't discriminate here on the green cast yes joel gaston with john fraser as usual and of course we are going to talk about uh the west final and everything that happened there and kind of set up the off season a little bit and see uh where we think the riders should go from here after yet another loss to the bombers in the playoffs but before we get to all that, a story kind of fell into our laps today that just crosses too many boxes for us not to talk about. Is is it dumb? Is it obscure? Does it involve curling? Does it involve Americans being stupid? It's all of those boxes. So yes, it is basically perfect for this podcast. Mm-hmm. So on ESPN.com right now, through the Associated Press, you can find a story by the title of <laughs> Sex Toy Sponsorship Was Too Racy for Curling Crowd, Promoter Says. <laughs> and it goes on to say a, deck, a Dutch sex toy company's attempt to reach fans of the sport of curling led some broadcasters to cancel their live stream of a tournament that will determine the final spots in the Beijing Olympics. Local organizers of the Olympic qualification event in the Netherlands said they were told that on ice ads with the easy toys name and non-explicit logo were too much for the U.S. audience. Dutch media reported the live stream was also canceled. <laughs> In Japan. Here's the thing. I think if it was to quote Superbat, if the logo was a veiny, triumphant bastard, (laughs) I could see there being some issues, but I have not seen the logo, and maybe I should turn on my private browsing mode before I I do it. What was was the sponsor name again here, Gas, as I pull up my private browser? Good thing I didn't actually close it. Easy Toys 
All one word. Easytoys.com. I mean, you could just Google the name, a Google search image, I'm sure, and it would be fine. And it's true, but I am... Oh, yeah! It's like the least offensive. It's like a heart kind of shaped like an E. Like, yeah, it is, it is not su- suggestive at all, and... No, I mean the slogan "Better Toys, Greater Joys." I mean that's 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 a great slogan. They have they have an advent calendar. <laughs> of course they do, because everything under the sun has an advent calendar these days. It's it, it, it's true. Um, bestsellers. I love uh, how now in the Google search because of this story about five rows down is a picture of curling. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never thought that searching for a sex toy site with uh, actually some decent eye candy on it, too, uh, would relate to curling. I thought the only people getting uh, getting fucked over in the curling world uh, was Brendan uh, was uh, Darren Molding this week. Woo! Zing! Spicy, spicy take! That we could say for yes. eight and Save Save year. for the Aimed at Nation episode, and I'm, I'm thinking we might have to have Darren on this year. <clears throat> oh, yes! We'll get Darren and Haji on. Mm-hmm. Colin Haji, not John Haji. I mean, I mean, John didn't join us in the past. He might he'd be welcome to join us, I guess, but that might be a little too many cooks in the kitchen. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't. I, we'll figure. We'll figure it out. We'll make Aiden Nation a thing for the usual seventy-two downloads it gets. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I mean, this, this the story is so ridiculous, and you, you kind of touched on it. And it's it's just the weirdest thing about it for me is how, and I mean, Canada's not great for this either, but right. we're marginally better. Is and that's kind of how Canada always Canada always makes itself feel better about itself because compared itself to the United States, um, is how like uptight, right? Large swaths of Americans get over this kind of stuff, while at the same time being like, "Give me my guns and violence." But so, are, are you wholesome or not? Like, just pick a lane. I don't really care. I don't really care what you are. Just don't do the whole oh gung ho. I'm so you know wholesome while also holding an AK-47. Don't forget, though, American <laughs> Republican Jesus against sex toys and masturbation, pro AK-47. Do not forget that cornbread Jesus is definitely like that. So to me, it's funny. Like, I, I'm i a curling nerd. I didn't even know this event was on. I, I knew it was a thing that was happening at some point. I just didn't know exactly I didn't think when it was. It was. Quickly. Right. But, so, I mean, but I mean, I guess it makes sense. I mean, we are like a month and a half out from the start of the Olympics. Right, exactly, and it's those things you kind of forget about, but yeah, like well, I mean, I mean, I guess our whole kind of calendar year is thrown off right now because we're heading into the Great Cup this weekend, and it's already the middle of December. Well, and it's just me or, or anybody. <laughs> that's right. No, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> anybody that would be offended by this is probably not the people that are streaming this, or even would notice. Like, no. like it's not even like this would be a CBSC complaint. It's not like it would be a broadcast standard again. Because the logo is just this little heart shaped and a, a veiny tri- – I would have a different take if it was a veiny triumphant bastard on the curling ice. Now, the best part, though, would be – Talk about rock hard. Ah! You know, the best part about it, though, is like when you watch the Briar and the Scotties and they say, mm-hmm. put it on the cups. Right? They want a guard, <laughs> corner guard, they say, put it on the cups. Not a center guard. Not a center guard. But what would you say? Put it on the cock? <laughs> All right, right on the cock. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah. Just, just, right, right the, just to the tip, just to the tip, just to the tip. Just to the tip. And then if you wanted it slightly <laughs> towards center, would you say put it on the balls? <laughs> like, uh, like, I feel like like it, it it's not 
it's so unoffensive and it's such a non-story that it's 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 ridiculous that it's out there and i feel bad for american curling fans who want to watch this event you know america is sneaky into curling it's like kind of like their dirty little secret every four years and i openly i won't be openly cheering for john schuster and the americans this olympics well, you'll probably a little bit. I, you you probably just want them to win silver this time. Yeah, exactly. I want <laughs> I want them. No, I want them to win bronze because I feel like when you win silver, you've lost, right? I want them to be the bronze in the moment, bronze. but I think in the long run, you learn to appreciate the silver. But anyway, exactly. But I still like. <laughs> I just, uh, I I just I don't get it. I feel bad for American curling fans that you're so freaked out by a little heart and easytoys.com. But won't like, somebody please think of the children? ah <laughs> uh, you nailed it <laughs> well they all worship republican gun-toting jesus anyway long story short easy toys if you're listening we will we will great we will gladly accept your money for sponsorship as uh going from male grooming to that just feels like a natural progression well and i feel like too <laughs> easy toys they wouldn't try to skirt around it like manscape did yeah. It wouldn't be like, oh, your space ball's in orbit. It would be like, okay, Joel, which black lingerie fits you best? <laughs> no one wants to know that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I don't know what you and Jenny do in the bedroom, but uh, hey, look, they got best gifts under 21 pounds. It's funny, too, that it's British and it's actually 21 pounds. Hmm. Up to 60% off on automatic masturbators. Like, imagine the fun we could have with that. <laughs> Are your arms tired? Do you want to feel a deeper connection? Do you want your phone more involved in your sex life? Well, get an automatic <laughs> masturbator from EasyToys.com. Where you put it, it's up to you. EasyToys.com. Thank God this show doesn't stream on NBC Online. That's all yeah, oh say. yeah. We, we <laughs> you know, the best part is, too, is uh, this week uh, I told Darren, my boss, about the being the official Darren podcast. Mm -hmm. And he says to me, he's like, should I listen to your podcast? And I kind of laughed and I made a joke about like, oh no, totally. Like, maybe this is one of those episodes that after telling my boss that (laughs) I swear, we're not that offensive. You should definitely listen. This is the direction we go. So... Darren, yes, I'm selling out to the man. I promise not to wear my eventual EasyToys.com golf shirt to work. And this is only the start of the off season, by the way. So, oh, <clears throat> just you, just you wait till it's March, and we got really nothing to talk about. Yeah, because I mean, we slow down in the off season, but yeah, we we generally try to keep going to some degree. So, uh... and and somehow we made it through two years doing this <laughs> podcast on like. <laughs> morsels of cfl news this offseason feels like it's gonna be real easy oh i mean yeah there's gonna be all kinds of news and cba negotiations and the future of the oh, league God. and all <sighs> kinds of stuff oh uh, don't so, remind me of that it's the yeah. last training camp i covered was cba negotiations mm-hmm. we just need to get uh yeah we just need to get ricky foley on the show every day <clears throat> actually, I don't actually... Act... I don't know if we really want to talk to him anymore actually though no 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 <laughs> not any not with the whole thing so yeah yeah, yeah. We'll get somebody else on there gives us some spicy takes. Yeah, so uh, I generally don't really have much of a spicy take on uh, the Riders' West final loss, but uh, we will get into that and the future of the team. Uh, but before we get into all that, as usual, John, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company, your actual sponsor on this show. Yes. What is in the glass this week? 
Well, a pile of bones goes well with easy toys, you know. You get a little more adventurous after a few Scar Street Blondes, right? <laughs> Just works. The synergies are too good. Uh, in the glass this week, uh, I'm not going to mention what beer I'm drinking tonight. I didn't have time to stop the liquor store, so it's something industrial. But what I will highlight is... I do, I do have to say that I'm actually kind of impressed. Because I remember when Lacey first went on Matt Leap, you said we were going to be going on the cheap, shitty beer tour for the next year or so. And right. I think that lasted about a week. <laughs> it, it did, yeah. I went with Brewhouse Ultra, and it just, I stopped it. In, in, in full disclosure, uh, her dad is a big Molson Canadian fan, and I honestly find them one of the least offensive industrial beers. Uh, so the beer of the night is a Molson Canadian. It's very cold. Uh, but the vodka of the night, as usual, from our friends at the Lucky Bastard Brewing Company, or Lucky Bastard Distillery. Uh, it's smooth, throw a little lemon in that uh, on some ice, and you're putting yourself into a great mood to browse easytoys.com. <laughs> or podcast. <laughs> One of the two. Or in some cases, Whatever both, I guess. Strikes you. It's, it's delicious in your cocktails, <laughs> it's delicious straight, it's delicious cold, it's delicious warm. Get yourself some Lucky Bastard vodka. You could almost turn that into a jingle, it sounded like. Drink it cold, drink it straight, drink it into your cocktails, it's Lucky Bastard. Vodka. Yeah, the put it in the, your face hole. And it was a little rough, but that could be eh. worked on. It's it's almost there. It's it's part of the way there. Listen, I came I what do you expect out of me here, Gas? I came up with a fucking commercial for easytoys.com and a jingle. <laughs> Don Draper, I am not, but I am gonna drink the shitty beer. There's a reason why you were never in creative in radio. <clears throat> I was in sales though once and nobody told me that a big asset of being in sales was being creative and coming with ideas. So I just kind of like went store to store and said, here, buy our stuff. And they're like, why? And I'm like, it's radio. You <laughs> buy it. <laughs> Needless to say, I'm glad the training program for radio salespeople has gotten much better because it sucked when I was on it. They, they, they even could have just told me, go watch Mad Men without the cheating and the alcoholism. And I would have done much better. Yeah. But instead, here <clears throat> I am at my employer that should not be named because I'm sure my boss would uh, – not yep. be happy being associated with Easy Toys. And... Yes, because you've oh. never mentioned them on this program ever before. <laughs> yeah, but it's got to go like three episodes back. <laughs> Does he, though? <laughs> that's, 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 that's... Also fair. Also fair. Uh, for me, uh, I followed through on my promise last week, if you were listening at all. I do have the Nicomis Modern India Pale Ale, Modern IPA, whichever you want to call it. Uh, sort of a lightly juicy hazy ipa like it's not juice in the face like you get like some new england ipas it's it's kind of lighter on that end but still get strong citrus flavors very dry very easy drinking just pretty much exactly how i'd expect nicomas to make a hazy pale ale and it's uh it's delicious i I definitely gonna have to pick myself some of that up because uh Although I say this most, like going from the smoothness and the niceness of lucky bastard in the vodka Mm -hmm. to the beer i just cracked is like it's no bueno i Mm -hmm. definitely need to restock Speaking of restocking, the riders are going to have to get ready to restock. Yes. As uh, their season has come to an end once again at the hands of the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. As any thoughts of potentially a change of scenery, maybe changing their luck, uh, did not turn out. As uh, we all know by now, of course, the 21-17 loss in yet another dumb and chaotic game. Um, Oh, so stupid. Oh, my God. (laughs) And on some levels, maybe dumber and chaotic just because... It was definitely going both ways in this game, and but it started so de- like mm-hmm. I honest to God, Joel, and and 
I've told everybody this today. I texted you yeah. after the second turnover in the first four minutes and 34 seconds and went, the Riders are winning this. It just, this is team of destiny for the bobbly, weird interception on the opening drive, followed by the Purifoy strip on Wolitarski right before the end zone on the second drive. I'm going, that's it. I'm buying into your team of destiny thing. And away we go. And I didn't think as a passionate Bomber fan, that there was any chance Winnipeg was winning that game. The Riders just looked too much Team of Destiny-ish. And I think to surmise it best is boss man Darren, who's quickly becoming a character on this podcast. <laughs> we had a management meeting this morning. Mm-hmm. And before the meeting starts, we kind of go around and give an update on all our departments. And he goes, all right, John, congratulations to your Blue Bombers for winning. Uh, I'm going to steal your thunder here so you can't bring it up because I know you were going to. Man knows me well. Mm-hmm. I said, well, if I wasn't running late, I would have brought six turnovers and gifted them to you Saskatchewan folks here in the room. He says, and this is the best way to sum up the game to a turnovers joke, we wouldn't know what to do with them. <laughs> I mean, they like, did score the touchdown off the second one, to be fair. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that 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 second one with the massive return that basically put them right into the mm-hmm. red zone, but... I mean, given their inability sometimes to score, though, it, it, a field goal would not have been shocking in the moment. No, no. I think, though, <clears> I, I think that was the moment after the back-to-back turnover, so you could tell Winnipeg was really on their heels. Mm-hmm. And to me there, if the Riders could have benefited off yet another one of the turnovers and gone up two touchdowns, I think they cruised that game. They might have. They might have, but I... I know it was dumb both ways. You and I have been talking about this all yeah. day, and I, 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 I think that... I, I, I think, ultimately... The, a lot of the mistakes and the miscues and the missed opportunities kind of even each other out at the end right. of the day. Because you could make the argument that, yes, at the half, the Riders probably should have been up like 21-7. Yes. But you also could have made the argument that the Bombers, especially if you look at, like, everything, like there was those first two drives, they should have scored 14 points. Yes. And if you look at, like, the halftime stats, I saved a picture of it that TSN posted. So, like, first downs, 15 to 8 for Winnipeg. Passing yards, 142 to 65 for Winnipeg. Rushing yards, 76 to 40 for Winnipeg. Net yards, 211 to 88 for Winnipeg. So, <laughs> so dumb. I mean, you could make the argument as well that the Bombers should have been up 28 nothing at the half. So, in some sort of weird kind of way that wasn't, you know, in some sort of weird way, they the game maybe was close as it should have been maybe just with less scoring like maybe it should have been like 18 all at the half or something (laughs) right and 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 you said it best off of off of all of the turnovers um Winnipeg outside of the the one with the long fumble recovery return um it's not like it's other than that one return it's not like a lot of those turnovers led to the Riders being in amazing field position. Well, that's exactly it, right? I mean, they were the couple of the the, inter- the two, the Nick Marshall interception where it actually looks like Kenny Lawler slips a little bit. Again, that's not un- underestimating the play of Nick Marshall. That was a great pick. And then the other pick that I felt like Zach Caleras throws that other pick because he's trying to do too much because he's mm-hmm. just got this idea in his head that we're cursed today and we're not going to win. So I need to sling this in there. Um, but yeah, none of them put them in instant field goal possession. And and when they did turn the ball over, the Winnipeg defense did what they need to do, mm-hmm. right? So yep. I do think 
it does show that the rider offense was kind of what we expected them to be, and that that's yeah. despite the fact. I'm going to go on the record and say that was Cody Fajardo's best game of the year. Other than I'm, maybe the first game of the season, but yeah. Right. I know people are looking at the overthrow of Duke Williams as kind of a, oh my God, Cody. I mean, you had 50 to 60 kilometer an hour winds swirling in that place. You had a very hurt Duke Williams playing through it and playing great through it. You had a misjudgment, like who knows what happens on there. I bet you if mm-hmm. that, if, if Cody's got him that open in July, that's a touchdown all day long. It was a weird... Yeah, there, there's a lot of different discussions about what happened on that play. Right. You know, th- at first it kind of looked like Cody overthrew him, or then it kind of looked like maybe Duke should have kept running. And based on, you know, different things, and, you know, we there's, you know, I've had a, you know, had a, you know, a prominent coach in this province tweet at me and saying he thinks Duke stopped to try and jump to catch the ball because it's his best right. chance on the overthrow. So... It was probably ended up being a bit of a combination of both. Regardless, they connected on a play, I believe, on the next possession, and Duke Williams scored that incredible sixty-seven yard, yeah. incredible sixty-seven yard touchdown, and basically neutralized that whole situation at least. Yeah, exactly. And I just I thought Cody looked he looked he looked confident in that game. Not he did, and he looked like a guy who threw four picks the week before and knew he got away with it, and we just went out and played football. Yeah, and and that's it. Like like he looked like he looked like what Cody Fajardo needs to be for this team to win games. Uh, Again, I think a lot of the misses come down to that rider O-line. Yeah. Like, like Cody was on, like, Cody did such a good job getting away from that heat that Winnipeg brings. It was, it was, it was the best he handled the Winnipeg pass rush all season, no question. Oh, and, and that Winnipeg pass rush, even on a cold, snowy day, looked completely dominant. Like, yeah. They were still coming at him with their ears pinned back, especially when they stopped giving the ball to William Powell. Uh, they let Cody run a little bit. Duke Williams, like, I don't... Again, we're going to get into the long, mm-hmm. long-term discussion here. But to me, even if you have to remove some guys from this team, you ask Duke Williams how much money he wants for next year, and you make sure he is there. Yeah, He, is, he has great chemistry with Cody. He's got breakaway speed, and he's a big, mean mother trucker. Like... Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, like he's the, been accused of doing dirty things two games in a row, so I mean. <laughs> well, well that, that's it, though. Like, like, and the guy is just big and mean, and he's not your typical speedster receiver. Like, he no. brings that combination of size and skill, and if the Riders are serious about hosting the Grey Cup next year, it's a blank check for Duke Williams, in my opinion. Like, I, if he wants if he wants receiver pay scale breaking money, if he wants three hundred grand next year, See you later, Shaq Evans. Give it all to Duke Williams. Like, he's got to be on this team next year. They want to host the Grey Cup game. I don't know if you can pay a receiver that much, but regardless. Um, you know, my, my, no, you my... can give him a whole bunch of appearance <laughs> fees. He can be speaking to a room full of people in Estevan or Climax or, see, easy toys. Climax right there. Hmm. But, I mean, reg- at the end of the day for this game, you know, sort of my not-so-spicy take is I think the Riders just got beat by a better team. Well, and that's and that's, and that, that's kind of, that's kind of I, that's ultimately what it came down to. The Bombers, you know, both teams kind of neutralized each other's mistakes. The Bombers did right. sort of eventually find their you know their groove in their way, and they they just played their game and beat the Riders again. And that's and well, I think the, I think the second half was football. Yeah, the first half was chaos. The second half was football, where Winnipeg had essentially spotted Saskatchewan three points, and there was some chaos in the second half, not like that first half at all. 
you put it best. You you just said it. You texted me about it as I was trying to figure out what my thoughts on this game. But you're absolutely right. Once the dumb settled, mm-hmm. Winnipeg was the better football team. And yeah. they came out and they proved it mostly in that second half, especially that fourth quarter. Uh, and it was also funny because <laughs> as much as it and, and like as much as an adventure as kicking has been for the Bombers this year, you know who didn't miss on his three converts? Sergio. Yeah, and it's 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 ironic at the end of the day that the Bombers are going to the Grey Cup in part because of a missed kick. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And I, I and like I, I don't necessarily think that I mean the three points itself in the moment would have been important to the end of the game because in theory had the rest of the game played out as it would, um, you know the the Briders on their final third down wouldn't have had to necessarily go for it. They could have attempted the field goal, which would have given them at least a two point lead with a buck thirty left. Do they right. hang on? Who knows. But regardless, they're in that situation. But I think more importantly than the three points is it probably at least takes a bomber touchdown off the board because they don't get the big return off the missed kick that led to the touchdown that I believe stabilized the game for Winnipeg. That yes. was kind of the moment that, that the game turned from re- leaning towards the Riders winning a dumb chaotic one to, okay, Winnipeg's going to kind of get this under control and get it done. And and that kick return touchdown uh, from Jerry Grant, from Grant, of the 58 yards like that and he was like so close to springing it mm-hmm. he was like a missed tackle away from leaving on that and that's and that's a really good point Joel like that is a he makes it they're not in great I still think Winnipeg figures it out they still managed to do a good job of, of with Andrew Harris and Zach they, they might have but it would have been it would have been a far greater fight kind of down the end of the fourth quarter as much of a right. fight as it was the Bombers might have actually needed a game-winning drive Right, exactly. You're not you're not Grant putting them on the favorable side of the center stripe. Yeah, which so, is yeah. So that's kind of where it was for me. Um, I know there's a lot of discussion, you know, about losing the Bombers three years in a row and this and that and the other thing, and yeah, you know, what's wrong with them? And I'm I'm just at a point where with playoffs, and as we've talked about this before in any sport, and I understand from fans' perspective, you know, you get into the fun of it, you go back and forth, and there's bragging rights and the whole thing, and all that's important. But at the end of the day, all you can do as a franchise in sports is keep putting yourselves in the situation to be in that spot. Right. And if you lose 12 of them in a row, you lose 12 of them in a row, eventually one of them is going to pop. You shouldn't right. drastically change course if because of something that happened in one playoff game. And I, I, that's not to say there shouldn't be changes. I think a lot of the changes we're going to talk about that this team should probably make were obvious coming into this game and were just sort right. of exaggerated and pointed out yet again in this game rather than something happening in this game that leads you to overreacting one way or the other, kind of like hockey teams do. (laughs) And then you fire one GM to bring in the exact same guy with a different accent. (laughs) Vancouver. Um, No, you're right. I I think, and the way I look at this game, like, you look at the three matchups. One of them's in bad weather. You can't, to me, you can't evaluate anything based off of this loss. No. Whenever weather comes in, it's chaos, it's dumb, that's exactly what it is. And the problems that Saskatchewan had were exposed a bit, but they did a better job. Yeah, and I I would say in this this game, this time, 
they were the heavy underdogs. So, I mean, losing oh, yes. this game is, you know, it's okay. You would like to win, and, you know, it would have been nice for them to get over the hump, but you still really weren't supposed to win this game. No, no, you absolutely weren't. And the 2019 West Final was a coin flip. Mm-hmm. Like, th- that was two equally matched. I honestly believe my Bombers won that game. I believe if Cody Fajardo doesn't do the doink off the goalpost and the Riders win, the Riders win the Grey Cup. The Grey Cup team was coming out of that game. So it sucks, but to me, Winnipeg is the new Calgary in the West Division. Um, They've had some sustained success, not as long as Calgary's had. They've kind of become the hurdle the Rough Riders need to overcome to get to the next level. And... They just seem to be a matchup nightmare with the Riders. Uh, I think. I mean, was, that's that's God. so much of what football playoffs come down to is sort of right. the luck of the draw and who you play. And unlike the NFL, your options of who you're going to play in the CFL are very limited. Right, and, and it comes down to two. One thing that blew me away before the game was mm. the fact that remove the head-to-head, these teams had the same record. Yeah. Like, again, Winnipeg was resting guys for a very long time, and that rust definitely showed with some of the turnovers. The Dembski one is fluky. The Wolitarski one is a guy who doesn't have the ball much. But the two picks that Zach throws, I think, are definitely rust. So I don't think – we know what the riders need to get better at. Yeah. We've known what the riders need to get better at since about game three of this season. And fortunately, it's a couple positions that you can't just bring in a Duke Williams for. So, to me, the core is there. Mm-hmm. And you just and and let's face it, they're going to spend all the money next year. Like that's that's that. Like what is what is it? What was the the penalty? Is you only lose a draft pick if you've gone over the cap two years in a row, right? Uh, if you're over by a hundred grand or more, you lose a draft pick. So essentially, the first $99,999.99 is a luxury tax. Right. If I'm the Riders next year, just like they did back in 2013, you have the core here now. Spend the dollars. Like I said, back up the money truck for Duke Williams. And let's see going forward. I'm, I am I would like to see what Cody can do behind a real offensive line. Because to mm-hmm. me, the O-line is the number one priority in the offseason. It has. There's no question. It has to be, and I mean that. That's not. You know. That's you know not trying to cast any shade or you know trying to offend anyone that is currently on the offensive line. They're, but even you, they they admitted today they need to be better. Dan no, Clark they was, they know they need to be better. I'm just saying, which is great. That they know they need to be better, but you know, sort of the talent amassed is not really their fault. Is what no, I'm saying. No, absolutely. And it's, it's, I mean, it's it's hard to even really. Lay complete blame at Jeremy O'Day's feet for that, considering, you know, Brendan Labatt kind of backed out late. Yes. And you maybe uh, had a... Sh- was injured right before the season two. It was yeah. one of their American... It was one yeah, of their American... They, they, they kind of had some tackle issues, and then another guy went back to the United States that they had high hopes for in camp, and there was, yeah, there was some different things to tackle there. Um, and then, of course, you, you know, the door kind of opened on Dakota Shepley, but it never really opened for him. And so right. it, it never really kind of worked out in that regard. And it's an unfortunate that's sort of, you know, it happens sometimes. And you just kind of kind of got to make do with what you got. And 
So no question that is if we all know that they are, that that's going to get that's going to be a priority for the team and you know that Jeremy O'Day is going to address it. There's no question about it that he is going to make some changes there and some things will some things will change along that offensive line. Yes. There's no question about that. Um defensively though I still something needs to be figured out there. I, I don't know exactly what the solution is cuz it seemed like most of the pieces were there. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. But it's clear that the defense, for as much as we've talked, you know, we've praised and talked about Jason Shivers and the team and, you know, sort of what they've been able to build sort of without marquee names for the most part, at least in the front seven. There is an issue there. And yes. I, don't, I don't know if it's schematic. I don't know if it's personnel. I don't know exactly what the issue is. But despite being allegedly the best run defense in the league, statistically, they clearly have an issue with teams that are very good at running the football. Right. Right. And because and people will say, well, what about William Stanback? Well, William, we'll get into that in a second. But if you look at, you know, Andrew Harris and Kadeem Carey or Edmonton or Edmonton, Calgary and Winnipeg both continuously shred this team the last two seasons along the ground. Yes. yes. And that's a problem. And that, you know, they, they got away with it in the West semi a little bit. They did not get away with it in the West final. And yep. I think with with either team maybe more so Winnipeg than Calgary, whoever was back there was going to have a big day because these are teams that are built and know how to run the football. Yes. They did shut down William Stanback to their credit at one point in the year, but I would argue that proves that Montreal is a team with a very good running back compared to a very good run game. Yes, and I think if you look at the offensive line depth that the Stampeders and Bombers have have had, uh, and the and the Bombers have been blessed with something you almost never see in professional football, their starting five old linemen have been healthy through the whole season. Yeah. And and that that cohesion, that cohesiveness, no matter who was back there, I mean Andrew Harris is an absolute stud even as he's getting up there in age, but it was Harris or Oliveira or Augustine, you know, no matter who could run behind there, they ran Nick Dembski a lot, but no, you you nailed it, Joel. I mean, you the, the Bombers you're giving up 170 rushing yards to the Blue Bombers. Yeah. And, and the, like, the week before, you're giving up 140 to Calgary, right? Mm-hmm. With, you know, I, I'm not sold on uh, Kareem DeCarry yet. I think he's good. I don't know if he is like Andrew Harris or William Stanback or these other studs. But, yeah, you are right. They they struggled against They struggled against teams that could run the ball, not against running backs, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that, that's kind of so I think something needs to give there, something needs to change. They need to find a way maybe to get a little nastier, a little uglier, kind of on the both along the line of scrimmage on both sides. And that's not to take away from anything they did because clearly as a defense, they were very good at getting the quarterback. They were yes. very good at that side of the game. When it came down to facing teams, there were road graders in front of them. It just wasn't quite there to the same level. And that's how teams beat them. And that's that's why you know that's why they basically only had trouble with Winnipeg and Calgary all year was because that was the style that those teams play, and I think that's you know there's no reason that's that's not going to stop. Bo Levi Mitchell isn't getting younger, or they're going to go no. with a different quarterback in Calgary. Winnipeg is not going to suddenly change how they play the game next year. No. So if you're going to want to get out of the West into the Grey Cup at home next year, you have to match them in terms of nastiness and physicality. In order to get there, and again, this was a this is a team that went to the West Final despite the fact that they basically lost three starters on the very first day of training camp on defense. 
Yeah, and I, I, I think it's important to note too, and I know there's been, you know, some people might naturally be disappointed kind of in, you know, in the moment of losing in a playoff game. In the West Final especially, to your team's most hated rival, no question. But if, yeah, if we go back to that day before camp in July. Yeah. And you told Ryder fans, based on, you know, all the panic and sort of, maybe the panic, but the fear over what the offensive line is was expected to be, all of those injuries and everything that kind of was going on at the start of the year where there was a lot of people who had the Riders picked to finish last in the West the way things were going. Yeah. If you told them on that day you were going to lose in the West final, I bet you 95% of Ryder fans take it. And and you're going to hold the lead to the fourth quarter in the West final. Mm -hmm. Like this, this... So this, so yeah, and sort of, it feels, it's, it's a very strange year that felt like, okay... In the grand scheme of things, it feels like they haven't really progressed losing to the same team in the playoffs three years in a row, losing in the West Final for the second year in a row. But sort of in the context of this year, all things considered, I felt they kind of overachieved from the preseason expectations. Yes, yes I would agree. And, and I would argue, too, and I say this as a man that watches a, more Blue Bomber football than probably anybody that listens to this podcast— this, of the three cracks against Winnipeg, this was by far the biggest disparity in talent Yeah, that was on the field. Like, like the first two years were virtual coin flips. This year, to hold, to hold a lead on Winnipeg into the fourth quarter of that game, this is the first year that I could objectively come in and say, the team I cheer for is better than the team you cheer for and say it with a straight face and not be afraid to curse my team. They're so good this year, they overcame multiple Fraser curses. And that's like, you gotta be real good to do that. That's like 99 Rams good. But it's, so I, people are gonna wanna blow it up. And I think this team is aware their defense needed more edge that maybe they planned on it until three guys blew up their Achilles. The offensive line needed to be better. Well, in fairness, as much as I praise Winnipeg's offensive line, that has been the same five guys basically the entire year. Saskatchewan was on, you know, there was some guys there that were intended to be backups. Hmm. We've noted our love for Logan Furland. Yeah, coming out of you know Regina and and junior football and being a local kid and and having a good season, Logan Furlan was never expected to start a game for this team. No, you know, and to see what what he did to come in and and it's just it's inexperienced. They were on offensive lineman number six, seven, eight for the entire year, and I think that's something that in the off season Jeremy O'Day will address. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's getting some of those bodies back they plan to have this year, but again, now it comes down to is Cody Fajardo the quarterback that can get them to a home Grey Cup? Especially yeah. with a team that we know is going to spend not to the cap, but to me they're going to spend. Their history has shown when the Riders host a Grey Cup, the, the cap gets ignored. They take this core they have. They spend a couple years at the core. And then they say, all right, let's spend all of the money and let's get our team there. So Cody is not going to be able to next year say, I don't have guys that can get jump balls. Cody's going to have that extra half second 
that this offensive line has not given him. He's going to have a defensive line that is going to give quarterbacks nightmares. I don't know if William Powell's going to be the back. He's going to have a running back that can run the rock. Well, I mean, now, I mean, they had a running back that could run the rock. They just need an offense that's committed to running the rock. Right, exactly. <clears throat> but it just it comes down to next year. I think a lot of the problems will be solved. I think the offensive line is going to be better. I think defensive be linebackers, worse, so. everybody's going to be better. Yep. I don't know, and it pains me to say this because I genuinely like the guy. I don't know if Cody Fajardo and Jason Moss can take the team over the hump. Because I, 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 that's, it's, it's a fair question that is going to be discussed this offseason. And number one straight out the gate yes both guys would and should be back next year no one's calling yes. for any major changes on that front. oh god no absolutely not i am not that's no. i have some spicy takes i'm not saying trade cody fajardo i don't think there's a better unless unless the the, the only thing is unless the stampeders were to cut Bo Le, levi mitchell and you got him on some sort of incentive late of zach calero's contract that might be the only way you do it, but there's nobody out there that should be out there that'll be an upgrade over Cody Fajardo. He's the guy next year. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Riders should make a move for a different guy pending a shocker like you can get Bo Levi Mitchell for 400 grand plus incentives. I'm not convinced, Bo. I'm not convinced Bo is most, much left in the tank, but regardless... Um, no, but I mean, you get Fajardo and Bo both out there. You get them playing off one each other. You got a guy on the bench. Maybe he's a little healthy. I don't know. I'm just that's just a name that I think would be available because even names I think available like like Matt Nichols. No, you're wasting your time, right? One of the two quarterbacks out of Montreal. Both are way too unproven. Like you just Jeremiah Masoli. I mean, <laughs> probably can't even get to a restaurant here in Saskatchewan based on what we've heard. So you know, it's not like he's going to be eating. So I just. <laughs> This is not a trade Cody take. No, this no, is, I, uh... I I understand what you mean, and what what I what I'm saying is, I'm, Cody Fajardo, Jason Moss, the whole sort of system deserves another shot here, is what a I'm million saying. Million percent, yes, because yeah, yeah. I think hopefully, you know, some sort of CBA thing gets figured out relatively quickly here, so that the teams can have a regularish off season, and I hope yes. that. I'm not expecting this, but I would hope that this offseason, because especially because of the lost season and everything, involves some sort of mini camp for all players so they can sort of start working on things for the sake of the product next year. Um on offense, mostly. So yes. I I hope that's a part of this whole thing. At least a one off, a one time thing to try and get things back on track a little bit. And you know, the whole offseason, regular camp, preseason games, the whole shebang with hopefully a revamped offensive line to give them the shot. But all of that said, okay, you know, depending on where this goes and what happens and the whole thing, 2022, I'm saying that already, will be <laughs> sort of, you know, the put up or shut up year for both of them. Yes. And, you know, that's not to suggest that if things, if they don't win a great cup, that neither of them should be back. But it's going to be a situation where we learn a lot about these two as a, du as a duo and kind of where you go from there because it will lead to changes one way or the other for one, if not both, depending on what happens. Well, and certainly. so I, you know, I think there are fair questions about Cody Fajardo as a starting quarterback in this league, whether he likes to hear it or not. But he does deserve the chance to prove that he is 
the guy and should be the guy and is the guy going forward with a better squad in front of him. I, absolutely. And that squad is going to be better because the wallet is going to be opened. And I know it's a long, long way away, but I've all, I'm already pretty excited for three down or, or, or the green cast live at pile of bones brewing company. <sighs> yeah. Well, I mean, we'll, 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 we have a lots of time to talk about that, of course. <laughs> oh, I know. But we already, like, already some wheels are in motion. Like, you say Grey Cup, I think, okay, great. I don't have to fly across the country. I can crash in your spare bedroom. It's going to be a magical time. We have a live broadcast, and already I'm putting the ball in motion for things because I'm so freaking OCD that, of course, that's what I do a year away. Mm-hmm. It's kind of me. But... Hey. Yeah. <laughs> what i do yeah hey jacques cartier show's over enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. sign up using code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever remember to use code champion and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.